Hello friends, what are you at? Josh here from punchingsideways.com. Today is a good one. You've picked a good episode if this is the first one, and if you're back for more, you won't be disappointed. With today's guest, I was joined by Mel Naismith, who you'll find out during the episode is super funny and entertaining, and we also talked for about twice as long as we normally would for an interview, so this is actually just part one of our conversation, because with the day job and everything going on outside of the podcast, I didn't really have time to edit the entire recording, and there's so much funny stuff in there, I wanted to put as much of it out as possible. So Mel and I met at an open mic, me doing open mic, Mel being the host of that open mic, and also being both more entertaining and funnier than I was on the night. So I thought, there's someone I want on the podcast. And she didn't disappoint. So I won't keep you too much longer. Punchingsideways.com. If you wanted to re-listen to the show, share it around with a friend. That particularly helps the show grow. If nothing else, just tell someone who is from Wagga or Oruwadonga or Wangaratta or anywhere in a big circle around that. There's a show just for them. And this is it. So let's jump in with part one of our two-part conversation with Mel Naismith. Cheers and let's do it. Hello everyone, I'm here with Mel Naismith, who is a member of a radio show locally in the Aubrey-Wodonga region, of which we've had one of the co-hosts on before, Josh. And from what I can gather, Mel's kind of the creative energy behind that show to a certain degree, so she's here to talk about the region and herself, and maybe we'll get onto that radio show at some point, which, and all manner of other things, so just want to introduce yourself and tell us why you're here. Well, I'm here because, Josh, you came to an open mic night yep. and saw me do an Irish jig <laughs> across the, pretty much is across the dance floor. They, um, I actually thought I was doing a sea shanty, so we put some um, pirate music on and yep. I just thought I'll just fill in the space and try and um, entertain everyone as best as I could and apparently it looked like an Irish jig and then you said, oh, She's weird. Maybe she's got something of interest to say. So that was a That's generally how I judge potential podcast yeah. guests. <laughs> yep. And I definitely fit into that weird category, I'd say. Yeah, it's mostly a balance between usually it's one end of the scale and the other. They're an oddball and they can talk and somewhere in between you meet. Whereas you seem to be able to do both, which is usually good for podcast guests. Oddball Ooh, and well, oddball in the most flattering. Well, you can um, assess that at the end. Everyone can assess whether that's yeah. We'll leave this one a, completely a unedited. <laughs> so I did mention the McSlolly bag, but actually, you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where you mentioned that you're not just in that radio world. You've actually had a connection to local music and also to local sport. So you're well and truly entrenched in the region. Do you mind if we just go back and talk a little bit yeah, about it? Yeah, for sure. I um, would say I t- tend to try and get involved with anything community-wise that I can for dual-purpose reasons. One, it's fun. I learn stuff and I love I just love helping people pretty much. And if I'm sort of directing my purpose towards others, it makes my life seem less irrelevant, I suppose. That's honest. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, so I'm also in the CFA. Uh, football, though, has been something that I've pretty much been involved with. That's my longest commitment, I would say, ever towards anything is I rolled out of school. I um, I did a PT course and they said you should um, try doing sports trainer just so you get a grasp of um, how the body works and everything like that. And at the time I was playing netball, which I loved, didn't love females so much. Like I'm not, I'm a massive tomboy and I, I like females on a, an individual level but not in group situations. Like, Which would have been difficult being on a netball team. Oh, just the drama. Like I'm very dramatic. I know I am. Yeah. But I, dramatic I, and drama are two different yeah. things, I think. So, and the bitchiness. And then so anyway, they said you should do this and I put my hand up. I asked my housemate at the time, could I just go and talk to the trainer there that was doing football at Tlanga? And he said, yeah, yeah, went in there. And just, it was so good. Just got to talk shit, basically. Basically, it was a, an avenue to talk shit for a day and hang out with guys and just be unfiltered and not PC and not worry about what you said. And it was just, and then I found out I could get paid for that and yeah. not have to deal with the bitchy females. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in, sign <laughs> yeah. me up. So, right. Can we just cover off on. I think you might have said quickly in there that it was sports training. Yeah. For anyone that, I mean, I don't, re- I could probably have a guess being a, a former Bandits volunteer yep. what that is, but can you tell us exactly? Because that's not, you're not doing physio, you're doing fitness stuff or is Basically, it health? Basically, so I pretty much just save lives, Josh. So, <laughs> yeah, you're a hero. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, that's the end of the interview. Every, that's all you e- need to everyday know. Everyday hero. That's, yeah. what, that's the way I like to describe it. Um, it's evolved. So it started off as, just very basic. So I did my personal training and it was a basic like learn to strap, learn to tape people for their injuries. Um, I had a very good um, person that trained me to start with and I'm highly interested in learning as much as I can about something and I'll just watch how people would um, move, I suppose, and see how they get injured and then be able to sort of pick up, I suppose, by watching what they did on the field of maybe how they were running differently or stuff like that. So I just applied it and and then it just, yeah, it turned into, you know, you did a bit of massage to sort of dig in and break something down or break them down mentally if they were being bastards, I suppose. Um, did that involve putting the tape on and taking it off really slowly? Oh. My most favourite thing is taking boys' tape off. Like, and they're like, ooh, and they start whinging and bitching. I'm like, I'll do it. Gone, gone. Um, One of my favourite things to do is you do the taping and I get distracted a lot because I talk a lot and someone comes in and they'll say something and I'll turn around and I've been told just even up till the end of last year that, it takes me three times longer to tape anyone You're than a little else. I just get very distracted and highly animated when I'm around boys because I'm always trying to one up them pretty yeah. much. So I put them in their place, and but you stand, sit on the sidelines. Is it so you get the best view? You're on the interchange bench, 
It's uh, mandatory in midwinter for the boys to snuggle on the bench with me underneath the <laughs> the covers just for everyone keeping warm purposes, nothing else. Yeah. And then if someone goes down, you just go and check them. And then my best, I'm in my element when there's a deadly serious injury. Okay. Because I go into. And not to sound too medical about it, but if. If someone was to go down in a way where you thought, oh, wow, that looks like they've done their knee or something, are you, yeah. the, are you the primary person yeah. on that? Yeah. I, yeah. I haven't done it this year, like I quit last year, but basically you run out and you just take control and I'm in my element when I can take control. I've had times where I've lay down on the ground and held someone's neck for an hour just waiting for the ambulance to turn up. I'm very yeah. calm in a crisis. So I'm very scattered usually, but when shit goes down, I'm in control. Like I can, yeah. That sounds like obviously that situation is much more serious, but that same skill set, we'll get to it later, probably why when you talk about the few conversations we've had about you being on the radio and it being live, you seem to talk about it as though you've got much more focus in those moments than maybe some of the more scatological times that maybe day-to-day. Well, you would think, but, but I do tend to go off on tangents all the time. And that's when you hear your voice just getting faded out. Yeah, that's, so, that's exactly right. Just before we move on from the sports stuff, there was one thing in there. When you say that you were getting a little bit, you are a bit chatty-chatty and getting distracted, did you ever just blatantly like strap the wrong part of a body? No. Why, why is his knee not covered and his ankle has got five layers on it? No. Oh, what's I've, going on with I've that? I've never done that and I never follow, like, I was trained to do something one way, but I'm very intuitive with how I do things as well. So no one has ever taped the same, so to speak. I always sort of feel how their ankle feels or something. I'm like, how does that feel? And then I'll answer before they get a chance to answer. And it's it's just a, a process for me that it's not done quickly. I do it with a level of care. I don't want people to hurt themselves on my watch pretty much. So, Just one last thing that just occurred to me. I've had people at the basketball, because I was more involved, Yeah, ask me just randomly when people don't appear to have an injury but they're still fully taped up. Like I know one of our yeah. local players, Jack Duck, yep. for a long time, he was heavily strapped at different times even though he only had what you would say it, he had some serious injuries but at other times they were just niggles. And so you're not actually healing something. It's more for stability or is it what? what is it that you're actually doing when you strap up an athlete? It depends on the athlete. Yeah. Some of it is definitely in their head. Like it's a psychological game, okay. is and that you from have previous to, injuries, or is it just they think something's going to move? Or there's a lot of studies actually that say that your body might be ready to come back from injury, but your brain isn't. Okay. So um, there's there's a lot of things that come into play. One, you your body's confident, but your brain's not confident. So you ha- might have a tendency to get re-injured just because you're not putting trust. In that, okay. in that part. There's another thing of coming back into play to give it an extra stability. There's some players that we have or that I've dealt with that have no Achilles, like no tendons left, and you're basically taping them together so that yeah, they okay. stay together. There's so many different variables. There's um, No Achilles, wow. There's different levels of taping. There's some that just offer um, 
like there's a bit of stretch that just offers that support as well. But it's all based down on I tend to learn the player or learn a different technique and just try and help them whatever I can. Some players like to be just fully wrapped up so they feel like there's no way that they can re-injure that that body part Um, and others like to be able to feel everything that's going on and almost like grit their teeth through the pain because they just enjoy it, I think. Yeah, okay. But a lot of AFL um, players now will, it's mandatory to tape their ankles. Okay. As a another element. Yep. Okay. Pretty much, the, sorry, I'll just, we'll keep going. Pretty much the best way to prevent injury is to freaking do pre-season and actually put the base work in. The ones that get injured are the ones that don't stretch and don't actually put any of that extra effort into their which is hard when you're not dealing with. Okay, that probably explains why I keep re-aggravating my ankle when I'm asleep. (laughs) I've woken myself up multiple times, Mel, and I'll tell you the backstory of how it first hurt this ankle. I'd never really been an ankle rolly kind of person. (laughs) Yeah. But I was walking up this stairs. That's correct terminology, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. That's all right. Very scientific. (laughs) I was walking up the staircase at work and I got two steps up and then one of the receptionists at work yelled out my name for me to turn around and help them. And I turned around and I thought in my head I was up one step, so I just thought I'll swing around and put my foot straight down. But when I swung around, I was further up than I expected and I overstepped and I rolled an ankle. Now, I must be having dreams of running or rolling an ankle or something, but I keep waking up with my knee half on this weird angle and my ankle on a really severe angle and it's like a little mini Ankle roll? The old ankle rolly thing, yeah. Once you do an ankle rolly, anything with... That shit didn't happen before 30, though. (laughs) I would have just rolled over and just shook that off, but now it's like crippling. Oh, mate. (laughs) So as a trainer and working with boys, I was very, like, tough, like, just, you know, pull your finger out, like, pull your head in. Still with um, a tendency to be able to have the care factor in there and look after them more so, but... All these players over 30 who didn't come to training and just did, oh, I was, just had no tolerance for them at all. Why can't you get to training? All this stuff. And then yeah. last year I played football myself. Okay. So that. Um, was that reserves or? At- in at Lavington. So working with lots of men, I have a tendency of not like getting told that I don't know what I'm talking about. So I try to get across as many areas so that that can't come back on me and go, you know, you're just a trainer. You don't know what it's like to coach. So you don't know what it's like to pull a player off or something like that. So I coached and then I was like, okay, I need to be across this area because I can't actually be a great coach if I can't put my head in the same space as what say the kids would be in. So I was like, all right, I have to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to play. And I have not had a bath, I don't think, in probably four years. I hate baths because I can't sit still and I just feel like I'm going to drown if I relax. And I had probably more baths in two months than I have (laughs) in my whole entire life. And I couldn't train. I couldn't practice my kicking or anything like that or I would have ended up re-injured and not being able to play on the weekend. So I had a new 
found respect for the older players just rocking up and doing their bit in yeah. seconds and, yeah, so there was, it was a big lesson. these were ice baths? No, just elect- electric soda, anything to just relax my muscles. I had like like very – actually it was cool because there's nothing worse than getting injured, right, and you've got nothing to show for it. In my opinion, yeah, like a, I'm covered worst. in scars and everything, like, and I was getting some massively purple and green and everything bruises, and I could go to the boys on on the weekend and go check this out, and they were just <laughs> like, oh, that's a doozy, and yeah. I was like, yeah, best on ground, knocked on the ground again, yeah. again, <laughs> again. So yeah, that's it was a newfound respect for older players because it it yeah. happens, it hurts more yeah, when I mean, you're older. I haven't even considered going back to play AFL. I haven't played since I was I left in year twelve, so I was still seventeen when I played my last game and I haven't missed it. Oh, do you know what the shittest part was of girls footy? Was yeah, I'm totally around it. I think it's a great initiative and in that me having grown up watching or well, not grown up from eighteen, I never had the the initial skill set that boys boys have, but I knew exactly what was supposed to happen and what was supposed to go on, but my old fucking crippled body <laughs> couldn't do any of it. Yeah. And my brain was like, this should be happening, this should be happening, this should... And all these girls are running around with no fucking idea of what... Not all of them, but a lot of them, and I knew what was supposed to happen and my body couldn't do any yeah. of it. it was, yeah. Old sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> so maybe just to move on from sport, we might just talk about uh, I remember Josh saying that the, I guess, the local music focus of the Mixed Lolly Bag was getting driven pretty heavily by yourself. Was that, Is that accurate or is it maybe uh, you both share that? It's very inaccurate. Accurate, sorry. It started, so I only rolled into this six months ago and I sort of, I met Josh at um, the Southern Cross boot camp. Didn't have much to do with him because I thought oh, he's a bit of a dick. No, that's not, that's, yeah. That's exactly how I felt yeah, when I he was in this very room. So. I know, it's just an arrogant, I thought I've got no time for you. Anyway, yeah. came to the point after the fact that he was the only one around here that I realised I could get an avenue into radio with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, that's not how I was. Yeah. But I, uh, I um, messaged him and I was like, oh, can I just come and watch? And he's like, yeah, 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 no, mate, come in. So I come in and I just sort of kept hanging around. Right. And it just happened very quickly. Yeah. Like within three weeks we realised that we get along and he's like, do you want to go on air? And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, righto. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have thought if you are on air. Well, no, you'd be. <laughs> yeah, be Josh's surprised. poor finger to start with was quite worn out with the dump button. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to learn to so filter So they have a myself. dump button in community radio? They do. There's a seven second delay and when we're running that delay out at the end, Josh has a tendency to go, oh, okay, can I trust you, Mel? Like, are you going to be right? And I'm like, yep, yeah, okay. And it just puts a lot of pressure on the situation for me to yeah. not speak as much innuendo. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I can switch my swearing off completely if I want. Yeah. But the more relaxed I get, I even hear it when I'm editing these podcasts. Yeah, okay. If I'm talking to someone who's not swearing very much, it doesn't come out in me as much. Yeah. But then I'll get to a point where I'm so comfortable with the person after 10 or 15 minutes that yep. my more natural day-to-day language will come out because I'm less worried about if things are 
recording properly or whether I'm going to get along with the person and then yeah. it'll just be a string of F-bombs in there somewhere. I'm like, well, okay, that's a <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I swear a lot less since I've not been around the footballers. Yeah. Yeah, it's... that's a... I do remember at the football club that there was about 30 different interpretations of the F word alone. Yeah. Yeah, you had to be able to pick. You mean uh, fuck, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I was just, just clarifying. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... That guy, he's the full forward. He yeah. likes to kick the goals. His F word means this. Yeah. Yeah. It means give me the ball right yeah. now. Whereas if yeah. this guy, he's kind of generous. His F word means, oh, fuck, my girlfriend's here watching. I'm embarrassed. Oh. Yeah. So it's all about picking those F words. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So you've got to get back around those football teams, I think. So you've got your F word game on. <sighs> Do you know what's happened since I've left football? I've realized another F word. I've got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> These have all just fallen on you, have they? <laughs> this is just like a, a ma- because I don't know, as a female around males and I've like been in CFA and everything, it's almost like you cannot reveal a chink to yeah, yourself. Right. You have to be, well, in my head, yeah. formidable. Yeah, okay. I doubt that I was ever perceived like that, but yeah. in my head, you can't be vulnerable. You can't be. You can't reveal any sort of um, too much softness. Otherwise, you're yeah. You can be chinked into. I suppose There's no weakness allowed yeah. at football, which is quite toxic for a female. Actually, yeah. I'm not sure whether. I mean, I'm not, from a non-scientific point of view. I'm speaking more from someone that's you know, done a lot of reading of two thousand year old white men. Yeah. That are very stoic. I don't know whether the swing of the pendulum all the way to the other way in society that your feelings are everything and they're all accurate and they're all correct is healthy either. Oh, but totally agree. I think there needs to be a certain amount of a certain amount of self respect people have and determination and also a, a grittiness. To yep. some shit day to day just sucks and you have to be able to just put up with it and move on. But I do think that what you're talking about sounds kind of poisonous. Yeah. Environment it- where there's no room for emotion or maybe there is but the perception is that there isn't I think it's a lot of what my perception was um and just um as if I think I just I put myself in that environment and when I first started out in ovens and murray one of the things that was said to me was you have to be better than everyone else or you're just a distraction around here so it was like I have to carry everything. Like I ha- I had to just make sure that everything that I did was with purpose and there was no chinks and like I was unflappable pretty much and yeah. that just sort of carried in with everything. And I still am like very much like that's my personality. But there comes a point where you don't reveal anything. Like I remember thinking that I'd had a complete breakdown at football and all it was was someone said to me, oh, you know, what's going on? I was like, don't fuck with me today. Like, you know, don't push me. And they're like, oh, you just need to come out and have a drink. And I went up to someone and someone said, oh, what's going on? I said, oh, just such and such is being a total bastard today. Like, and it, and it happens um, sometimes, you know, if there's um, someone that, is trying to impress someone else and that happens a lot and they'll pick on like the girl or whatever like that and it, it's it's just a toxic sort of thing and I'm like, it's just being a bastard. And all I did 
was rest my head on his shoulder for like two seconds. I was like, he's just been a prick. And that was it. And I felt like I'd had a complete breakdown and just, <laughs> and I even to the point where I, when I went home, I messaged this guy and I was like, oh, look, I'm so sorry about today. Like, yeah. um, thank you very much. I know you're going through your own shit and, rah, 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 and all this stuff. And he said, oh, what are you talking about? I said, oh, thanks for the hug. And he goes, that wasn't a hug. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And, and then he asked me something about what I was up to. And I said, oh, I'm off to yoga. And he goes, oh, do you do yoga? And I was like, fuck, I go to yoga every day. And this is such a massive part of my life. And I've known this guy for four years. I know all about his marriage breakup, all this <laughs> other stuff. And he knows fuck all about me and I was like something you do every day yeah and I was like that was sort of when the shift happened for me was I need to actually start doing some stuff that is for me and not focusing on what I'm putting into everyone else so it was a big sort of poignant part of why I quit actually okay yeah you just needed to have a bit more me time yeah I think so like I I really it can become very and you would know there's a point where in your volunteering journey where the initial rush of being involved with something, particularly if you happen to be involved yeah. with a team that's winning, yeah. that's even more accelerating. Yeah. But where it gets to the point where more and more and more gets pushed on you and some of it you never wanted. Yeah. And that happens. And particularly if you happen to be a capable person, yeah. then you're going to end up with more jobs than you can handle. And the thrill of being a volunteer starts to just wear you down. I think we talked about it this a little bit without throwing you under the bus, but um, you can throw me under. There's, yeah. a, there's a tendency where, uh, one, if you don't like letting people down, so you'll take on more and you don't want to. to you know, you want to help people. The classic yes man. Or There's yes a, woman. Well, yeah. it's not not so much a yes woman, but I I get a, a selfish kick out of helping other people and seeing other people achieve stuff. But then there gets to be a tendency where it becomes a, an expectation versus an appreciation. Uh, yeah. And when you start to just feel like you're just getting like you've had a vacuum attached to you and getting all the life <laughs> sucked out of you. Yeah. Um, it's not that, like, I love football and I went back out there, like, a month ago and just oh, just in my element of full of the expression of bossing people around and <laughs> wearing my hobo clothes, which I still wear, but, like, and I'm just knowing that I'm fully accepted out there and they just, in a nice way, like, they love me out there, but it, sometimes you need to step away from that to realise that, you know, there's other things that can be done for yourself, I suppose. I think you and I may also have been talking about that you can always fall into a little bit of a give-me-all-the-jobs-hero-mode kind mm. of thing, and some yep. volunteers just thrive off being the go-to person for absolutely everything, even if it's wearing them down to their soul. <laughs> well, that's true because it's, um, I, th- I don't know whether it's, I almost didn't like not showing up in case it was realised that maybe. You weren't yeah, that important. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, you bear your um your self-worth sometimes on other people needing you versus what you can actually do for yourself, I think. Yeah. Like, and that's something that I've 
that to sort of sit with and yeah. And know. I think that I oh know we've gone down this tunnel a fair way. We might as well go the whole way. I think yeah. as a volunteer, also in a community organisation or a sports team or whatever, just working well as a team that is the positive feedback. Oh. Like people, if things are working well, yeah, you have to look at that as the thanks that you get that yeah. you've done something well enough that the spectators or the customers or the group that you're working for, or whether it's a group with disabilities or you're raising funds, whatever it is, if yeah. it's successful, then that is the, that's the only thing you're going to get because everyone's just tired and busy and yeah. they're not going to pull you aside every couple of weeks and say, man, you are doing a fantastic job. Yeah, you have to. Thanks for being part of the board. You have to move away and then they go, oh, fuck, you did a good job. Yeah, look, I've had, (laughs) not to sound like self-gratification, but I've had had two messages which were unprompted from the current president of the Bandits. Yeah. Uh, One was when he found out that I was moving and he said, oh, that's awesome and thanks so much for everything you've done over the last four or five years or whatever. And that's the sort of thing we think, okay, people notice. Yeah. Just don't get so worked up about them not noticing because you're just going to convince yourself of something that's probably not the truth. It's really strange, isn't it? Because I've noticed as well since I stepped away from football, which was like a part-time job for me basically, and I loved it, but I've got people in my court. And I didn't realise that they were because I was just so focused on being in everyone else's court, I think. And it's sort of a nice thing now to sort of step away and go, you know what, all my life I've been sort of la-di-da, running around, flicking seeds around everywhere (laughs) going, oh, just flick that over there, what seed, I'm not actually actively trying to grow anything, but there they have been like in the background and... People do appreciate stuff, but sometimes you don't allow that appreciation in either, I oh, think, yeah, I'm, if I'm that per- makes I'm sense. Particularly, I've had my best friend or one of my two best friends, Rudy, has pulled me aside multiple times and said, Josh, you are the worst person I've ever met at accepting a compliment. Yes. Like to the point where I make the person feel bad for thinking that I may have done something well. He said, you strip all the joy out of people when they try to give you a compliment. I'm right. like, thanks, buddy. He's like, no, it's the truth. You've got to hear it. Yeah, you make him, particularly when we're in the band. He was in the same band. Yeah. So when people were saying you, you guys were awesome, and I was saying, oh, "You're a fucking idiot if you think we're awesome. We were shit." That's the same band that he was in. Yeah. And I'm basically cutting our fans up for thinking we were good or whatever. I know that stuff, and I've I've had to learn that as well. It's a it's a hard thing to, and that just comes down to your own self doubt and everything. But if, as well. it's also like, if you're incredibly driven to be good. I yeah. think it just naturally fits with that kind of personality. If you're driven to be the best at something or try, well, the best within your capability, it also comes with a little bit of you're never happy. It has a, I have a tendency to look, I would say, like I don't give a shit, <laughs> but I do give a shit and I analyse a lot, like ridiculously so. And But with that compliment thing, I've had points where I have just broken down and analysed someone's compliment like a guy has given me a compliment and I have analysed it and broken down and sent it back at him and he's like, well, that's fucked. <laughs> I was like, this is why you shouldn't have complimented me on this, bang, 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 bang. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, and it is hard to just go, thanks. Very hard. <laughs>